Project Taryag Day 25 Mitzvah Kuf Mem Tes That is the Isaf for the Kainim not to come to the base of Migdosh with the hair which is too long. The Pasuk says Rashaychem Al Tifro which means don't let your hair grow long. And same thing in the Novi repeats this Isr in Yecheskel and says a paradise Talking to the Kainim that they can't allow their hair to grow long. Uh, this is said, is said again by a Kohen Gadol. In the midst of the Kohen Gadol, that he can't allow his hair to grow long. And the reason the Torah had to repeat it twice is because otherwise you might have thought that the Isser was only because of Avelus. And it was said to Aaron after his two sons were nifter. And therefore comes to tell us that it's the Isser in being attired, it's like being attired the wrong way. A person, a Kohen with the hair too long is not kosher for Avodah. Not connected to Avelis. The Isra of a Kohen Hedjot is only to have his hair too long if he wants to do Avoida. If he's not coming to Besame, there's no Isra. Whereas the Isra of a Kohen Gadol is always, because since the Kohen Gadol is considered always ready to do Avoida, he was always meant to be in the base of Migdash, and for him it's always also to have his hair which is too long. The shear of how long is too long is 30 days like a Nazir, and therefore a Kohen hasn't done his head for 30 days. Not be allowed to come into the base of Mikdash. This mitzvah obviously only applies when there is a base of Mikdash to male coin who can do avoida. And if a coin would come and do avoida, but his hair which is too long, he's chayv misi b'day shemaim. The pasuk says that they shouldn't come in with hair too long, but also musu that they won't die, which means misi b'day shemaim. And the implication is if they come with hair too long, then they chayv misi b'day shemaim. But if a coin will come into the base of Mikdash, not, not to avoid it, we just come into Beis Hamidrash that way. So according to the Chinuch and the Rambam, he's going to, he's going to be Chayba Isra Teraisa, even though there's no miss on that. The Ramban disagrees, and the Ramban says that the Isra of coming into the Beis Hamidrash, if he's not doing avoid it, it's only Midrabanan. And even then, it's only also in those areas where only the Kainim are allowed to be, which means the area beyond the Mizbech, towards the building of the Ulam and the Kaidash. Whereas in those areas where Yisrael is allowed to be, a coin with hair too long is also allowed to be, and he's not doing any Yisrael unless he does avoid it. The reason for the mitzvah says the chinuch, and that part of the respect that people are meant to have for the base of Mikdash is the way we see the coin who work there. And therefore, a person with his hair growing long is the derech of an ovel. And just like we find in the Megillah, one couldn't approach the king's gate in sackcloth, same thing. You can't come to Besamikdash with Simone Avelus. And the reason for that is, it's because it's Mechazek, the principle of our people, that everything to do with the Besamikdash and the people working there makes an impact on the people who are seeing it. And therefore, we want it to be seen in the matter of Simcha, in the matter of happiness, not in the matter of which seems to show a matter of Sar. And because of the way we, we relate to the best mission and understand it, then it will make a difference in our understandings um, towards the Avoida, and we may we'll be able to receive more from the best of English. And the next mitzvah, mitzvah Kofnun, is a continuation of the same idea, and there is a coin who can't come into the best of English with their clothing torn. The Father says, and again by the coin Gadol, it says, the Gadol and here also, it's not just by an oval, even though that would be the primary reason why one would tear one's clothing, 
and in fact by a Kohen Gadol who is an Oval, he's also to do Kriya altogether, even if it's not in the Beit HaKohana, but for Kohen Hedget, the issue is to come into the Beit HaMikdash and to avoid it with his clothing torn, and then for by extension, any time uh, when one has torn clothing, he can't to avoid it like that. And just like we saw by the issue of letting a coin letting his hair grow too long, one doesn't want to see a similar Vavelus in the coin of serving Hashem, and it should be Besimcha, the same thing applies to torn clothing. The din is that uh, the kind of Kriya which is also is like the Kriya which one would tear for Niftala Aleinu, and which means it has to be the shear of a Tepach. And as Mitzvah only applies to male Kohenim who could do avoid in the time of the Beis Amikdash, and if a person does do avoid uh, with torn clothing, so as before, he's Chayav Misri Deshamayim, if he comes into the Beis Amikdash, he doesn't do avoid, so it's the same argument we had previously. According to the Rambam, he's over on the right, I say, according to the Ramban, the Yisim might be Midrabonin, and going to place where Kohenim can't go to, and the Yisim Midraisa is only if he does avoid it. Mitzvah Kufnan Aleph, and that is that it's also for the Kohenim to leave the base of Mikdash while they're doing Avoida. The Pasuk says, We Pesach oil moed letaitu pentamusu. They're not allowed to leave the opening of the oil moed. When does this apply? So we learn in the Gemara that this applies to when they're doing Avoida or the time when they're meant to be doing Avoida. Because it says that they shouldn't be mechadal the Avoida that they're doing. Whereas the time when they're not meant to be doing Avoida, they would be allowed to leave the Mesa Migdash. We also learn from here that, this, that there's a din that a coin Gadol is also there's a din that you can't do the Mesa Migdash in Shed Mechal is Zavoida. And the difference between them is that a regular Kayan normally can't leave the Mesa Migdash when he's doing Avoida. But if Leilano he'd become an Oval or an Oinen, one of his immediate relatives would die, then he'd be also to do Avoida. And a coin, regular coin has an Oinen cannot do Avoida. But nevertheless, if he's in the middle of an act of Avoida, when he finds out that he becomes an Oinen, he has to first finish the Avoida he's doing, and then he has to go out to deal with the mace. A coin Godel, however, can do Avoida even when he's an Oinen, and also a coin Godel is instructed not to leave the base of Mikdash, even to go to the Vaya of relative, the Pasuk says, when a Mikdash He's not allowed to leave the Beis Amikdash. The continuation of the Pasuk is, he can't leave the Beis Amikdash, but not and he shouldn't be mechalil the avoider by leaving. There's a difference between the Rishonim, how to read that, if the lo is an Isur, which means he's not allowed to be mechalil the avoider, and uh, therefore he has, to, he has to do avoider even though he's an Oinen. That's the way the Ramban lands. Or, it's, the lo is to say as the consequence. That he shouldn't leave the base of English. If he's an oinen, so that he shouldn't be mechadal da'avoida. Which means the coin Godel is allowed to da'avoida as an oinen. That is an indifference to the coin Hedjot, who is not allowed to da'avoida when he's an oinen. The reason for the mitzvah says the chinuch is part of the general principle of the importance we attach to anything to do with the base of Migdash. And therefore, a person who leaves da'avoida Showing us, shows it's not the most important thing in the world because uh, leaving Avodah Hashem to go to something else is a certain zilzul, is a certain showing a lack of importance to Avodah Hashem. The punishment that the Torah gives is also misbehaved. If a coin would leave in the middle of Avodah when it was asked of him to do that, 
And this mitzvah only applies in the Zanayat Mikdash and the Zichrei Kohen, the male Kohenim who can do Avoida. And if a person would leave, which is an action against the later, I say, then he'd be Chayav Malkus in Beistin as well. Mitzvah Kohen in Beist. And there is an Isra in the Kohenim not to come into the Beistin Mikdash when they have drunk wine. The Pasuk says, Yain v'shaychor al-tasht v'echem el-ayel moed. That is the Isr for the Kohen to drink wine and then afterwards come into the base of Mikdash. And the reason why it says the lotion of Yain and Sheikhar is Yain refers to wine, normal wine made from grapes. Any other drink which is intoxicating, which is made from other ingredients, is called Sheikhar. And the difference between them is on Yain and wine, the person who would come into a void is Chayv Mesibidashamayim, and on other drinks which are intoxicating, he's only Chayv Alab. Right. How do you know that? Because the Pasuk says that if they would come in, the implication is that they would be Chayv Misa. The Pasuk continues and says that it's also Asr to be Moira, which means to teach Halacha if a person is drunk. And even though there's no Misa for that, there still would be an Isra. The reason for the Mitzvah says, it's not appropriate to deal with the things that have been such extreme importance, like the Avodah and the learning Torah. Only in the time when a person is completely aware of all he's doing, and his das, his mind is fully alert. And that says the double Pashat. Now, the din of the Kohen, and that is that if he drinks wine, he's also to come into uh, and if he can't do Avoida, according to the Rambam, that's also an Isser. According to the Ramban, the Isser derives is just doing the Avoida, like in the previous Isser, and coming to the Besamikdash will only be Asimid Rabbanan, like by everybody else. The amount of wine that a person has to drink in order to be Chayev is a share of a Raviz Halug, a quarter of a Lug. If he drinks it undiluted in one go, then it has already has an intoxicating effect as long as the wine has fermented for 40 days since it's been made. If that's not the case, then it wouldn't be high of the Ikeyesur. But if he drinks more than a Raviz, even if the wine would be diluted, and even if he drinks it a little bit at a time, then it's also a shear which will combine to be considered something which can intoxicate, and therefore also will not, it will be awesome to do avoid it. If he does do avoid it in drunk, so when he would be drunk from wine, the avoider would be invalid, would be possible, whereas if he was drunk from other liquids, uh, other drinks, then the avoider would still be kosher. The Chinuch extends the Isra of coming into the Besamikdash drunk to Yisrael as well. It is not appropriate for Yisrael to come to Besamikdash when he's drunk, or if his hair was completely unkempt, which means even though we saw by a coin that there's a shear of 30 days that he hasn't had a haircut, is already considered having hair which is too long. That's for a coin, says a chinuch, because of the girdle of his position, he has to look more, more uh, well prepared to the avoider. Whereas for a normal Jew who's coming to visit the base of Mikdash, there will be no Isser coming in with hair, which hasn't been cut for 30 days. But if it's much longer than that, that in the eyes of people it looks like it's completely unkempt, then it will be also for him to come to the base of Mikdash as well. The coin was given a certain day to work 
the base of English, the way it worked is the Kohanim were divided into different Mishmaras, different groups, guards, watches, and each week the Avodah was done by a different group of Kohanim. Within that fam- group, it was broken into different families, and each family was given a day. And therefore, the Allah is that a Kohen who knows which family he belongs to, and therefore which day he should have been working the base of Mikdash, will be asked of him to drink wine that day, because we hope the Basim will be rebuilt and then he will be called upon to do Avoida. If the Kohen doesn't know which family he's from, but he knows which group he's part of, which Mishmar he's in, if that's the case, he would be also to drink wine that whole week, because it will be one of the days of that week that he would be Chayev uh, to do Avoida. And if a Kohen doesn't know anything, then even though there would be a reason to think that he should always be also to do Avoida, because when he never knows which day could be the day that would be his family's, opportunity to do Avaidah. But nevertheless, since a coin would have to first be reunited with whichever Mishmar he's part of before being allowed to do Avaidah, so in a case like that he would be allowed to drink wine today when there's no Besamekdash. This incident applies when there is a Besamekdash, both to men and to women. Everyone's warned not to come to Besamekdash drunk, and obviously the Israel of doing Avaidah will only apply to the male Kohenim who will be able to do Avaidah. Now there's a second part of this issue as well, and that is it's also a person to teach halacha or to render halachic psakim when he's drunk. It doesn't make a difference if the person's drunk wine or any other beverage which is intoxicating. If he feels he's not in full control of his faculties, it would be asked of him to paskin. To relate to halacha, which is clear in the Torah. So much so that even the psakim who didn't accept interpretation of the Torah would agree to it. Is not called rendering a psak and it would be mutter. And something he can read Torah, he can learn. But in order to put to Paskan Halachas, or if he's somebody who in his position as a Rav, when he teaches or what he says, people understand to be Halacha, that would be asked for him to do if he's drank more than a Revis of wine. But if was, he only drank a Revis, not more than that, and then afterwards he slept a little bit, or he walked a little bit to take away the influence of the wine, the distance of a mill, then if that's the case, we consider that the wine's already left him or its effect, and therefore he'd be able to ask him. If he drank more than a revis, even if the wine had been diluted, but it had more of an effect on him, and therefore even if he slept a little bit or went for a walk, we don't assume that it's going to be enough to relieve him of the symptoms of or the effect of the wine on his, on his mind. And therefore you'll have to wait until he feels that he's, he's Shikra Das has returned to fully. Yes, and not to render halachic psakim. When he's drunk, applies in every time and place to men or to women who know halacha and would be considered people relying on for psak. And, and uh, this would be over love. But here there isn't the punishment of being high misrepresentation. The next mitzvah, mitzvah Kufnan Gimel, is a mitzvah to check the kashras of the different animals before you eat them. The Pasuk says, These are the animals which you can eat from all the domestic animals which are in the world. And the Torah gives us two symbols to identify a kosher animal. The one is its malaskera, which means it chews the kad. The other one is its shesha, which means its hoof is split. And the Pasuk says, That one is allowed to eat, which means only those are allowed to be eaten. 
and animals which don't have those two signs are forbidden to be eaten. The passage after says, that a person has to differentiate between kosher and non-kosher animals, and from here the Chinuch learns this thing, that besides the issue of eating non-kosher, there's a mitzvah to determine what the animal the person wants to eat is kosher. And therefore, a person has to know the signs to recognize the animals so that he can determine it's a kosher animal. So for example, the Gemara says that any ruminant, which means which is the cat, it doesn't have teeth on its upper jaw. And therefore, once a person is determined that this animal chews the cat, and he knows it's not a camel, then it will be kosher because the only one of the big animals which chews the cat and doesn't have split hooves is the camel. And something the other way around, if you notice that it has split hooves, then unless he knows it's part of the chazir, the pig family, which don't chew the cat, every other animal, if it has split hooves, will chew the cat as well, and therefore be kosher. In total, the t- ten species of kosher animals, the three domestic animals, which are cattle, goats, and sheep, and then the seven wild animals, deer, gazelles, and others which are in the category of kosher animals. There's a difference in the halacha between uh, wild animals and domestic animals which are kosher, the first difference being that the khalev, the fats of domestic animals are forbidden, the fats of wild animals are kosher, the second difference is the blood of wild animals needs to be covered, when the animal is shechted, whereas the blood of domestic animals does not. And therefore a person also has to be able to differentiate between the wild animal and the domestic animal to know which halachas will apply. The Gemara tells us the way to do that is by its horns. Yet there are three symbols in the horns of a wild animal which don't apply to a domestic animal. And that is that they round it. They come to a sharp point in the haduras. They like the horns of a deer or of a gazelle, an antelope. Those are all kosher animals. Now, these are on your simonim if one doesn't recognize the animal. If a person recognizes this pretty well, even if he finds a species without horns, like a younger animal, for example, since he recognizes what animal it is, and he knows the animal to be kosher, he would be allowed to eat it. The reason for the mitzvah of all the yisurim which apply to what's mitzvah to be eaten or not, so the chenech is a number of times because of the food a person eats, has an effect on his physical well-being, and therefore Hashem is looking out for us, wants to make sure that we don't eat food which are going to harm us physically. This mitzvah would apply in any time and place, both the men and ladies, whoever wants to eat meat, and if a person would be over in it and not check the simonim, and he would eat based on one simon without finding out that the other simon was already there, even if it's found out that he did nothing wrong because the animal is actually kosher, is nevertheless been vital this mitzvah, as I say, of having to check to know that the animal is kosher. This is the opinion of the Rambam, and same thing when it comes to the other species, fish or locusts, the Rambam learns that the din to determine that this is kosher is a mitzvah. In all these cases, the Ramban argues, and the Ramban says that once the Torah forbade a person from eating something non-kosher, then it becomes part of his responsibility to check that what he's eating is not in the category of something forbidden. If that's the case, he doesn't count this as a separate mitzvah. It's just an expected stage that a person has to do in order to make sure that what he's eating isn't being over on the transgression, the prohibition of eating non-kosher food, and therefore none of these things, according to him, would be on the list of the mitzvahs. Mitzvah kufnan dalid, and that is an issue not to eat an animal, whether it's domestic or wild animal, which is not in the list of kosher animals. 
We learn this from two different psukim. The one is the Torah says clearly by the animals which only have one of the two simonim of kashrus, which means either they chew the cud or they have split hooves but they don't have both. And zelotechlu, these you can cannot eat, and repeated by the other ones as well. And therefore we have a clear hisur in the Torah to eat the camel or the chazir or the shafon or the arnevis, the four animals or enumerates which only have one of the two symbols. And if that's the case, then by extension, if an animal which only has one of the two simonim is asr, then for sure an animal which has neither of the two simonim is going to be asr. This is not a kalvachemer. It's more than a kalvachemer. It's just an extension, which means that the animal with no simon is worse than an animal with one simon, and therefore the isra would apply there as well. And if a person would eat such an animal, he would get malchus. There's a second way to learn it as well. And that is the Pasuk says about the kosher animals, Oisata Khailu, which it comes to as a mute, which comes to exclude any animal which is not on the list of the kosher animals. This would not be something which would mechaive a person malchus, because it's not a negative commandment. It's an understanding from the positive that a person can only eat one of these kosher animals, and therefore by extension cannot eat anything else. But the difference between these two approaches is what we've really done of eating human flesh for whatever reason then even that wouldn't fall into the category of a non-kosher animal uh, even though a person doesn't chew the coat or have split hooves or is that an animal uh, but if the Torah had this thing that only these can be eaten and nothing else then the flesh of a human being would fall into that category as well and therefore according to the Rambam there's an Isser assay of eating human flesh or drinking human blood, whatever the case would be. The Ramban disagrees. The Ramban already said before that we have a proof that human blood is allowed to be eaten. Obviously it's a problem of Marius Ayn, but if a person, let's say, cuts the inside of their mouth, they would be allowed to swallow the blood because that's not Marius Ayn, no one would notice that, which means it's not a dover which is for, intrinsically forbidden to eat. Same thing, human milk wouldn't be osir for the same reason, because the person isn't a dover which is osir to intrinsically forbidden, and therefore, what comes from the human body, whether it's blood or milk, doesn't become a food which is also in its own right. The reason for this mitzvah, like all the mitzvahs regarding food, the Chinuch says, is out of Hashem's kindness to us, He prevents us eating those foods which are going to be damaging for our bodies, because our body is a cleave for our Neshama to work, and therefore Hashem distances us from those foods which are going to have a negative effect on the body. It seems here that the negative effect will also be spiritual. He talks about timtum alayv, which means a certain spiritual block to a person's feelings. This mitzvah is isra of eating non-kosher food, would, in other words, animals which are not in the list of the kosher animals would apply any time and place, both to men and to women. And a person who does eat uh, a kazais of meat from a tommy animal or drinks a revise of the milk of a tommy animal would get malchus. If he's a little bit amazed, when the shagik, he would be potty.